Good Monday afternoon to you. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. A lot to talk about. The Karis Levert trade official a little later in the show. Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for the Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com, will join us to talk about Karis Levert, where the Cavs go next, and how well the Cavs are playing. But we begin by talking Browns. Uh, Senior Bowl week is over. We move into the next phase of uh, off-season Super Bowl coming up. Then it's little time off. Then the league year starts and free agency, the combine, all that good stuff. And we um, are going to head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Got a lot of voicemails to get to. Uh, so let's go to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. This one uh, about the Browns and a way to improve that offense. Hey, Dave. Steve Lannon. I think you're right on with getting a couple – Really good right, uh, wide receivers uh, help out uh, the quarterback. I uh, kind of went through the games and noticed if uh, we had one additional passing touchdown in each of the losses, the Browns would have ended up 14-3. Uh, and three. Thanks. All right, as always, appreciate all the voicemails of Truth and Reason. Let's welcome in Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Browns uh, on both Cleveland.com as well as the Plain Dealer. And Mary Kay, it's not just me. You've said it. We've, we've said it. They need to upgrade the wide receiving room to help the quarterback play. Agree? Oh, absolutely, 100%. I think that's job number one this offseason, depending on what they decide to do at the quarterback position. If they are set with Baker Mayfield, then the next thing that has to happen is they have to supply him with a few more weapons on that offense. I think the room needs an overhaul, and I think they will set about that. When you look at uh, that 13th pick in the first round, um, obviously that's um, a, a huge value. That's something you, you want to add to the talent level. Do you think it's a lock they take wide receiver, or do you think they could potentially look um, at another need as well? I don't think it's a lock that they will go receiver there. Again, uh, I think the first thing uh, to wonder about or to think about is what are they going to do at quarterback? Now, in the event that one of the really good quarterbacks falls to them, maybe they would even uh, think about doing something like that at number 13, or they might need their first round pick in the event a veteran quarterback becomes available. So they might not have number 13 to spend on a wide receiver. But if they stay right there at number 13, stick with Baker Mayfield, or maybe even sign a, another veteran uh, quarterback, then um, you know, then I think that you do have to think long and hard about going receiver at number 13. But I'll tell you, there are some other options there, including you know defensive end. Uh, there are some other things that you could do. All right, you spent um, uh, the, the, a few days uh, last week leading up to the game uh, Senior Bowl, so you got to see the practices. You saw who the rounds were interested in. Take us through um, uh, some of the folks that you thought were impressive that you think kind of impressed the Browns as well from Mobile last week. Well, uh, I talked to three players in particular, actually four players in particular that, that the Browns have some interest in. And uh, two of them were quarterbacks, and that is Malik Willis from Liberty and then Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Now, five of the six top quarterbacks in this draft were at the Senior Bowl. So I'm sure they spent time with all of them, and they will spend time with them even more so at the Combine coming up next month. Uh, but they got enough, a chance to look up close and personal at Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Carson Strong. Uh, these guys were all all there, you know, just right in front of them. They were able to, to see how the ball comes out. They were able to watch their footwork, uh, see them, you know, practice, interact with teammates. And uh, it, it was kind of cool to see that many of the top quarterbacks there. Now, they might not be in the quarterback market at all, but they did spend time uh, talking to some of these guys. And, uh, and I know that, you know, they had to have liked what they saw and heard from guys like Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. In fact, if one of those two guys were available at number 13, again, it's probably doubtful. But if either one of those guys fell there, I think it would it might be worth the chance of of taking, you know, taking a little flyer on them as a developmental prospect. Um, any any non quarterbacks that kind of opened your eyes and, and you thought Man, that might be somebody that the Browns pay attention to, not necessarily at 13, but maybe even a little bit later, you know, second, third round kind of things. 
Yeah, there was uh, South Alabama wide receiver uh, Jalen Tolbert. He did a uh, he had a really really nice week. Uh, everybody was raving about Florida State defensive end uh, Jermaine Johnson. He was somebody that anybody that was in the, at the Senior Bowl uh, was going to be looking at because he really stood out amongst uh, all the defensive ends there. And then another really good defensive lineman was uh, Georgia's Devonte Wyatt. So. There were a lot of prospects there. There was a receiver there um, that that I actually ended up liking a lot. Now he's very, very small. So you would be getting him maybe as a punt returner in a later round, uh, but there was just kind of something about him. Uh, he really stood out at the senior ball and uh, his name was Calvin Austin third from Memphis. He's only like 5'7", 173 pounds. So I, there's, uh, probably a good chance they're not going to go for a, a guy of that size. But I'll tell you what, he's he can fly. He's a very, very good receiver. He was very shifty. He can return punts. He can take it to the house. And uh, there was just something kind of cool about him. Yeah, and, and again, um, somebody that threatens the defense um, from the wide receiver position, always a good thing for, uh, for helping the Browns upgrade that passing game. All right, this one's a little interesting. Um, Bleacher Report. Uh, redrafting the 2021, so last year's NFL draft. And when they did that, they have the Browns taking Rashad Bateman, a uh, wide receiver at Minnesota at 26. And um, you see uh, taking it 27th. Um, I, I think uh, if you're asking me, I take Greg Newsom again because I think Greg Newsom's going to be a really, really good cornerback for a long time in this league i am um, uh, i can't imagine the browns and i know the we've talked about the, the need for a wide receiver uh but i think they're quite happy with uh with the two guys they got in the first two rounds of that draft yeah i think they are too i mean greg newsom i think he's got pro bowl potential i think over the next couple of years you would expect him uh to end up in the pro bowl i think that uh, his upside potential is tremendous. I think one of the best things about him is the speed that he brings to the table. And now when you see a lot of these other teams that are adding speed at wide receiver, you need somebody that can cover them and that can catch up to them. So even though the Browns do need wide receivers and should be looking in that direction in this draft, I don't think they went wrong at all with Greg Newsom at number 26. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, uh, before we take a break, let's go back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Um, this one about Kareem Hunt. Hi, uh, my name is Jerry. I'm calling from Scottsdale, Arizona, lifelong Browns fan. And my question is, what do you think about the Browns developing Kareem Hunt to fill a role like Debo Samuel does for the 49ers to help fill the void at wide receiver? Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Uh, Mary Kay, I, I, you know, they, they kind of almost morphed Debo Samuel into a running back out of necessity. So, I, I get where he's going with that. Get the ball in Kareem Hunt's hands in space. Um, they probably would have liked to do that more this year, but Kareem was kind of banged up a lot of the year. Yeah, that's true. They probably did have plans to do more of that. And I think you can use more of Kareem Hunt in the passing game, and I think they would like to do that. And that's probably in the cards for the future, depending on what they add at the position. I think him missing most of the season really hurt them a lot. Uh, he is such a force in the passing game. And uh, I mean, he's a great blocker. He's got great hands. Uh, so I definitely think they would like to try to do that. And, uh, and that he, you know, no matter how you slice it, uh, they have to upgrade the passing game. And I think he will be a part of that. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. And I are going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. A couple more voicemails of truth and reason. Uh, this one about the quarterback position. Also, uh, we'll take a look at what Jarvis Landry is doing in the off-season sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The son of a freed slave, Clevelander Garrett Morgan's contributions to the 20th century include inventions such as the automated traffic signal and the gas mask. On July 25, 1916, Morgan dons his patented breathing device to save the lives of two workers trapped under Lake Erie in an explosion at the city water filtration plant. A few years later, Morgan's gas mask becomes the standard military issue protecting the lives of U.S. troops fighting over there. 
When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns with Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Let's head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about Baker Mayfield. So I was wondering, like, do you guys think the Browns should move on from Baker Mayfield? Because um, watching him on the TV was, like, really disappointing. Like, I still believe in him, but at the same time, I'm like, is there a better option for Baker Mayfield? Like, because at the end of the day, it's like disappointing because you we go from eleven and five, almost like the AFC Championship game, and then the next year, it's you know we barely we go eight and nine and don't make the playoffs. So, is there a better option at quarterback, or is Baker Mayfield the future? Because um. Lots of questions. So, and uh, Mary Kay Cabot again. We appreciate the voicemail. Um, that's the question. Uh, that's something, and there's no simple answer to that. That's why Andrew Barry is is in the position he's in. He has to make that decision and weigh the options. Um, clearly, the quarterback play has to be better. It, it and there are a number of factors. It's not as simple as you know Baker Mayfield is no good anymore. You know he has to play better. He was hurt. Those around him have to be better. Yeah, it, it is a tough call. And uh, I, I think what makes it tough, once again, is they aren't going to know the answer to some of the questions until they start seeing him play next season. And then they're able to determine, oh, yeah, that had so much to do with the injury, so much to do with the harness. Uh, it had a lot to do with the fact that he needed upgraded talent around him. He needed better receivers. Uh, they're not going to know the answers to those questions until maybe five, six games into the season, which, of course, by then it could be too late if you don't get the answer that you're hoping for. Uh, so I think that they really have to take it apart, pull it apart this whole entire offseason, look at it every pass, look at every single play, decide if they feel he's going to the right place with the ball, how his processing speed is going, and determine if um, if there's any way uh, that they feel he's going to be a lot better next year, and if not, can they upgrade? Now, I just don't think there are that many options for upgrading for next season, which is one of the reasons why I think Andrew Barry said he fully expects Baker to be the starter next year. Yeah, and, and the question is, what is the cost of upgrading, and is it worth it? Um, I know you have addressed this in, a, um, in one of the Hey Mary Kays that you do. Do you think there's a legitimate interest in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, I think they will look into it because Jimmy is one of the very few veteran quarterbacks who, uh, as of right now at this moment, you can almost say with some certainty that he is available. He's talking like that. The 49ers are talking like that, even though nobody's come right out and said, hey, we are trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that's basically the vibe, and Jimmy has made it known that he's looking around for a new team. So I think that the Browns would be smart to inquire, and I think that they will probably do that. They kind of owe it to themselves to at least look into it. But in the final analysis, I don't know that they will determine that Jimmy Garoppolo is enough of an upgrade over Baker Mayfield for them to give up significant draft capital for him. Uh, so again, I don't know if they would end up pulling the trigger on a trade, but I do think uh, that they will probably have a conversation about it. One of my 
thoughts here with this and, and tell me if you agree or disagree. And if you disagree, it's okay. I think a, a team to, to really keep an eye on with Jimmy Garoppolo is the Raiders because David, Zig, David Ziegler was with the Patriots, as was Josh McDaniel, the new head coach. Um, and, and you know the Patriots, they were fond of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they absolutely were. I mean, Josh McDaniels knows him very well and has worked with him very closely. So in that scenario, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Maybe he ends up with the Raiders and then Derek Carr becomes available to the Cleveland Browns. And I think they would be very, very intrigued by that. Uh, I think that's something that that actually would really interest them on a bunch of different levels. So, uh, so you know, we'll have to see how some of these dominoes begin to fall uh, because there are three, four, maybe as many as five veteran quarterbacks that could be on the move. And uh, and perhaps the Browns will get in the market for one of them. All right. Um, along those lines, we're going to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about one of those veteran quarterbacks, a high-profile one at that. Hey, yeah, Dave. Uh, First-time caller for the, the voicemail. Um, I had a issue with what Munch was on a uh, show saying the other day about how he wouldn't get um, Russell Wilson. He wouldn't make the trade. I think you kind of agreed with him as well. Um, I think you gave the proposal was what Baker Mayfield and this year's first and next year's first. My question is, why wouldn't that make sense when uh, he's a great quarterback, he's a winner, Um if you think about it, this year is only pick 13. And then, like, we made we, – we did that for Odell Beckham one year. And then next year, if everything works all right, uh, hopefully they'll only have, like, the 32nd pick in the next year's draft in 23. So pretty much a, a late a late second – a late first round. And uh, this year's first in Baker for your starting quarterback for the for the next uh, seven to maybe eight years. Um, please elaborate on why that doesn't make sense. My name's Quan, by the way. Have a great day. All right, Quan. Appreciate the call. Um, what I said is, is I don't think Russell Wilson would waive uh, the no trade. He has a no trade. He can decide where he wants to go. Uh, he's also 33, so I don't think you're going to have him for seven years. It would be three, four. I don't, I, 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 and he's a six-foot quarterback, so I, I don't think he's going to have the staying power that, uh, that, that Tom Brady did. Um, <clears throat> I'm conflicted. I, I would Baker Mayfield in two firsts, maybe. Yeah, probably, but you, you wouldn't, again, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be the next seven years. You're probably talking the next three or four, and that's, again, something that Andrew Berry would have to weigh. Mary Kay, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's a tough call because next year's draft is supposed to be a really strong quarterback class, and uh, in, in that scenario, then, you know, maybe you might be trying to find a way to uh, package some picks and maybe try to move up and draft one of the quarterbacks as opposed to going with an older veteran. Um, but I think anything is on the table. Again, as you mentioned, uh, Russell Wilson has uh, a no trade clause. I mean, he can dictate if he doesn't want to go somewhere. And um, so, but I think that it would, um, I think it would be tough to try to acquire a Russell Wilson and give up all those high picks for someone, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, who's getting a little older. I don't know. Th this one's a tough call. I, I don't really see it's ha it happening. But once again, I think that the Browns should look into any of these good veteran quarterbacks because I think that they need to upgrade the position, whether it's with Baker Mayfield playing better or with another veteran coming in. Yeah, and, and I agree. And, and again, the again, the concern I have, the no trade, the high picks, and, and Russell's starting to get a little banged up, 33, and he's not the biggest guy. So those are the reasons why I said I probably wouldn't do it. Um, but again, Quan, you know, if you disagree, I get it. I, I could see the case being made why you should do it. Keep in mind, it's going to be a 33-year-old quarterback, three, four years probably what 
uh, time he has left at an elite level. Um, all right, let's take a look at um, what Jarvis Landry has been up to uh, in the offseason. And uh, this is from Jarvis's Instagram account. He is working out with Anthony Schwartz. Uh, the two are getting together and getting after it. And uh, good for Anthony Schwartz. That's the guy whose mind you want to pick about how to get better um, as a wide receiver. And um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about this, Mary Kay. Uh, do you think Jarvis is back at the big salary number? You know, it's 15 million or whatever. Or if he's not willing to renegotiate, do you think they kind of go their separate ways? Yeah, I mean, it seems like signs are pointing to to them going their separate ways. Uh, it just seemed like there was a vibe of this could be over with Jarvis. But you never know. You can never say never because once again that $16.379 million cap hit that he has, if they can somehow reduce that, maybe give him a little bit more guaranteed money in the deal, uh, I, I wouldn't completely rule out him coming back, but because there's only $1.5 million in dead cap space in the event that they part ways, uh, there is a chance that I think uh, that it could be over here. And, you know, I think maybe the, the Odell situation might have been a little bit more difficult on Jarvis and he was willing to let on. He didn't really speak too much about that uh, to us. He kind of went underground a little bit in the second half of the season and it sort of felt like if he didn't have anything good to say, he didn't want to say anything at all. And um, I don't know, there's just something about that whole thing that led me to believe that perhaps uh, he might want to try uh, a little bit of a change of scenery himself. Yeah, that's kind of the, the sense that I got. And um you know, I, I know you feel the same way. Class guy, great guy in the locker room, certainly somebody um, that is a great teammate and, and helped change the culture of the Browns. So uh, if there's a way to work it out, you hope they can. But again, this is these are the tough decisions that a general manager of a uh, an NFL team that is pretty good has to make. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot and I are going to step aside, take a, a quick time out, other side of the break. Back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about the front office. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Try-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Time for us to head back to the voicemail of truth and reason. Um, this one uh, about the Browns front office and owner. Yeah, so if that's true, what Hugh Jackson says, we ought to get a new, another owner. And and Baker. And Baker ain't that great of a, of a quarterback. But people, can, uh, people don't realize he didn't do that great. I mean, what happens if we don't do that great next year? It comes out the same way. You think going to let them keep on doing it, or that's almost like uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy has to tell the guys that lose the game. All right, uh, let's take a look at this quote. Uh, this was from Hugh Jackson uh, on the subject, CNN on Friday. So 
No, I was never offered money like Brian had mentioned. I think this is a totally different situation, but has some similarities. And then he goes into incentivizing a four-year plan. And uh, basically, the plan was to build up from the ground up. Uh, but Mary Kay, initially, he basically said he had the same thing as Brian Flores, where he was paid to lose. So again, that's why it's important to say it's not the same. It's nowhere near the same. Um, and you know, don't, don't throw that on Jimmy Haslam at, at this point, because it's clear Hugh has backed off that initial statement. Yeah, this one, uh, I think until, uh, you know, until, until some of those things come out in, in more of a uh, public records type of forum at some point down the road, I don't think we'll really know exactly what the situation was for either coach, right? Because the Dolphins are also saying that they never offered Brian Flores money to lose games per se. So it, it's kind of difficult to, to get a handle on exactly what happened where, but it's, you know, it's my understanding that, uh, that Hugh Jackson, uh, again, he knew that there was this four-year plan, and in the first two years of the plan, the bonus money uh, that he received at the end of the season was tied more to, uh, you know, just rankings that weren't all that high because they didn't, they didn't have great expectations for those first two years. The bonus money in the final two years uh, the, the stakes were much higher because the expectations were also going to be higher. So it was, we're going to give you this bonus, even though we know we've put you in a tough situation in these first couple of years. And then as we move on, you're really going to have to earn it through more victories, higher rankings, et cetera. Yeah. And, and again, we'll find out as, as the information becomes more and more public, if in fact it does. But uh, right now, Relax and, and let's see, because nobody knows for certain. Uh, all right, we're going to head back to the uh, the voicemail of Truth and Reason, and uh, this one uh, about this season. Yes. Um, I blame the uh, our season on uh, the coaching staff and the ownership and even Andrew Barry. I don't care. I don't give a damn if Mayfield said he was okay to play. He should have never played. Uh, Case would have won at least one game, we would have been in the playoffs, but he probably could have won two games. Meantime, you've got a crippled quarterback back there, a crippled left-hand block for him, and it's total BS. So if you want the fault, the fault should go to uh, Stefanski and the upper management. You know, you don't listen to Baker. Screw Baker. Sit on the bench. It on the bench. Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, an old school approach to uh, the player and coach thing. Does does the um, does the coaching staff and Andrew Barry deserve some of the blame? A little. But the bottom line is there were times where the Browns didn't play well enough. I mean, the players have to at some point you, you have to execute on the field and they were not able to do that at a high enough level. So you know, if you want to blame somebody, blame everybody. Well, I think the thing to remember with Baker Mayfield's injury is the fact that you rely heavily on the medical staff for those kinds of things. And if you get a green light from the doctors, then you play the guy unless you are benching your starting quarterback for performance reasons. If Baker felt he was healthy enough to play and the doctors felt he was healthy enough to play, there was no reason to sit him down. And not only uh, was it the Browns team doctors that deemed him healthy enough to play. It was his own shoulder specialist who ultimately performed the surgery to repair the torn labrum uh, who gave him the green light to play. So I think that, you know, people that think that Kevin Stefanski should have just said, oh no, forget it. You're, you're not playing. I mean, that that's not how this works. Okay. Uh, the head coach doesn't decide. Uh, he's not a doctor. He doesn't decide who's healthy enough to play and who's not healthy enough to play. Could you imagine every week him looking at a guy at practice and saying, no, he doesn't look right. Uh, I, I'm not playing him. That, that's not how this goes. They pass certain physical tests. They've got strength tests. They've got uh, the highest technology available to them. And they follow the medical advice. And because of that, absolutely 100%, Kevin Stefanski and the coaches did the right thing. Now, if they had looked out there and decided, look, our quarterback is not getting the job done and we just want to sit him down for ineffectiveness, 
that would have been a decision to make, but not the health decision for that. Yeah, and, and the flip side of it is, keep in mind, there's a lot, you know, billions of dollars at stake. If they thought Kurt, or, um, Case Keenum gave them a better chance to win, they'd have played Case Keenum. You know, they played Baker Mayfield because they felt, and they're a whole lot closer than we are, uh, that he gave them the best chance to win. And Baker Mayfield is not going to go out there and try to hurt the football team. He wants to win. He wants to get to the playoffs. And if he thought that there were a few games where he should have rested or sat down, taken it easy a little bit, he would have done that. Uh, but he felt that he was okay to go. Uh, the you know the, after he broke the humerus bone in that left shoulder, once that was sufficiently healed, you know he felt like he was okay to go out there and play. Nobody felt like this was something that was causing him to perform poorly. Although Alex Van Pelt did come out later and acknowledge that the harness was somewhat of a problem, but not enough to keep Baker off the field. So I can't fault anybody for playing him. Yeah, and again, we appreciate uh, the voicemail. I, I just, um, I disagree a little bit with our previous voicemail. We're gonna step aside. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot and I are gonna take a quick time out on the other side of the break. Uh, a couple more voicemails of truth and reason. Uh, this one, uh, about Baker Mayfield versus Kirk Cousins versus Derek Carr. We'll do dive into that. Also, who deserves an extension for the Browns? Sports for CLE. Talking Browns with Mary Kay Cabot when we return. Berlin. 1936. Amid the rumblings of war, Adolf Hitler opens the Olympics by saying the stadium will be a shrine to Aryan supremacy, where Germany will triumph. A college student and graduate of Cleveland's East Tech High School proves Hitler wrong. Jesse Owens stuns the world by setting three world records on his way to an unprecedented four track and field gold medals. Cleveland's Jesse Owens. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns with uh, Browns Beat Reporter for the Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, Mary Kay Cabot. Let's head uh, back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason, this one about the quarterback play for the Browns. This is Billy G again from Florida. I want to talk about Baker just for a moment. Uh, there's a couple things I really like to say. You know, as far as Kirk Cousins and uh, Derek Carr is concerned, I wouldn't touch either one of them, and I think Baker – can and will be better than those two. So I would I would stick with him this past year. The only thing I'm going to say about Baker, and I've said this a time or two, Baker, young man, he needs to grow up, and he needs to curtail his his curtness and his 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 just general attitude as far as the the the, the media is concerned. And secondly, or thirdly, uh, you know you, you got to give him some some weapons that he can throw the ball to. Let's face it, overall, he had one of the worst receiving groups in the National Football League. Uh, also, too, they need to draft, I would say, a couple offensive linemen. Tackle guard would be great. Uh, and and uh, several wide receivers. And hopefully, maybe they can pick up somebody uh, as a free agent. Well, listen, thank you very much. And you guys have a great day. And talk to you again. Bye. All right, we appreciate uh, the voicemail. Um, 
Mary Kay, I'm intrigued by Derek Carr. Um, Kirk Cousins, I'm kind of ambivalent towards. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. The Browns wide receiving core did not perform uh, well enough. Um, and I think Baker did show signs uh, most of last year uh, of kind of maturing and growing. And then it, it was a tough year for him. I mean, a, a, anybody that had to go through what he went through, um, it, it would have been a tough on. Yeah, I think one of the uh, biggest things that Baker Mayfield is going to have to do in 2022 is rebuild his confidence. And that's going to come from, obviously, from some early success. But I think having some better weapons around him that he feels that he can really trust when he throws the ball to them that they are going to catch it. I mean, even when you look at him and Austin Hooper, it just got to the point where, and those two guys are really good friends, it got to the point where, I mean, you know, he he couldn't uh, have faith and confidence in the fact that Austin Hooper was going to catch the ball. I mean, you start to wonder, where can I go with the ball uh, when it just doesn't seem like it's going to be successful all that often? He had... Uh, 25 of his passes were dropped. He was way up high in the NFL in terms of percentage of his passes dropped. And that just didn't help matters at all. So I think that uh, with the combination of him getting better, him getting healthier, and with a couple of new receivers, a little bit better protection, Kareem Hunt coming back, I think it should look a little bit more like it did at the end of 2020. Yeah, and again, um, it was almost like he wasn't, he didn't trust what he was seeing initially. There were second, you know, if you, if you hesitate, the, the, the decisions are such split second and you hesitate and, and it looked like he was hesitating a little bit. Yeah, and that's so dangerous, as you mentioned. Uh, not only uh, does it increase the likelihood that your pass is going to get picked off or it's going to get batted down, uh, it just that multi split second of hesitation gives the defensive back an opportunity to get in better position and make the play on the ball. So that is a whole uh, another thing that happens when you are not super decisive. And that's what he's going to have to be. And that's why I really think that in this offseason, more so than anything, while he can't be throwing the ball, he's got to be studying film. He's got to be studying defenses. He has to see what they tried to do to him, what they tried to take away from him, and what's left. Yeah, and you know what? It's a big offseason, obviously. Um, he, can still, he can still go out and earn um, the contract that, uh, that he wants uh, without question. All right, before we let you go, we're going to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason one more time. Uh, this fan looking forward uh, about what the Browns do this offseason. So between all these great players on the Browns, who do you think deserves um, a real extension? Is it Denzel Ward or should, or Jarvis Landry? Because um, I was just wondering. So let me know. All right, we appreciate it. Um, I'll let you take that one. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think they will extend or has deserved an extension? Well, I think you really have to look at Denzel Ward. Denzel had such a nice season. He's heading into his fifth-year option option year, and he is due for that uh, nice, big, multi-year extension. I think he certainly did everything he possibly could last year uh, to play well for the team and to earn that. He became that lockdown corner. He added interceptions into his game. I think he's one of the best in the business, and I do think he will get rewarded handsomely. Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, he's a number one lockdown corner. I, I, the, the thing I would say, go look at the first Bengals game where the Browns shut down what is a Super Bowl offense, and Denzel Ward was all over Jamar Chase and shut him down. He really did, and that's what you expect from your number one corner. And I think going forward, and I'm actually writing some things about this today, uh, I do think that's one of the reasons why they match up well with a team like the Bengals, and they're going to need to. I mean, with Joe Burrow uh, here for the foreseeable future, you need to have the guys in the back end uh, that can handle that sort of an offense. Uh, they mentioned Jarvis Landry, and we kind of touched on this. I, again, if, if they can find a way to make it work financially, I think Andrew Berry would love to have him back because he's a, I think he's a guy that, that is respected universally in that locker room. Yeah, never say never um, because everyone in the building likes him and respects him enough that at the right price, they, they probably would welcome having him back. Uh, I just think it's going to come down to a financial decision and also what Jarvis wants and if he's ready for a change of scenery. 
Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, as always, thanks so much for the time and the insight. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, Mary Kay Cabot, make sure you read her in the pages of The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Uh, we're going to change our focus uh, to the Cavaliers, the trade for uh, Karis Levert, official earlier today. Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer, joins us to talk Karis Levert sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. I am powerful beyond my wildest imagination. I will define my future. I will keep challenging myself to improve. Because I am a future leader of this great nation. I will be responsible for raising a beautiful family. And educating not only my generation, but many more to come. I will make a difference in my community. And I will stand up for what I believe in. I will not settle for simply chasing my dreams. I will achieve them. Because I was given a chance. An opportunity. A home. At Family, Career, and Community Leaders of America. The ultimate leadership experience. FCCLA has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. It's made me who I am today. Join us. We'll build a new future together. turn our attention now to the Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavs acquired Karis Levert from the Pacers. We'll get to that in a minute, but we're going to head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, this one about the Cavs season so far. Dave, wow, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They sure are a refreshing team, and I emphasize team. And even though they are a very young team, they are working together as a unit both offensively and defensively, fighting back from adversity. And Kevin Love and Jetty Osmond, what true solid veterans, leading those young guys to victories. The Cavs are definitely the surprise of the NBA, very like the surprise of the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. All right, Ron Beyer, a frequent contributor to our voicemail. Let's welcome in Chris Fedor. Uh, Cavs beat reporter for the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. And Chris, uh, there you have it. Uh, just like the Bengals, they're going to the finals. Ron Beyer says so. <laughs> well, there you have it. If Ron says, and if the Cincinnati Bengals got to the Super Bowl, then the Cavs are going to the NBA finals. Sure. Just that easy. Sign us up for it. All right. So let's talk about the trade. Um, we'd been talking about it for a while. Uh, Karis Levert. And, um, you know, the, the thing that's impressive, uh, they get Levert for a number one that's lottery protected. Now, in the event, you know, somebody gets injured, and they, that's, a, uh, that's a really good job by Kobe Altman, I think. You know, they're giving up a second round, two second round picks. And um, the Rockets, which is close to the first round, and they give up Ricky Rubio's expiring contract. Uh, but we talked about the fit with Levert. He, he Checks a lot of the boxes of what the Cavs wanted. So this looks to be a, uh, an outstanding trade uh, by Kobe Altman. Yeah, I think so. I think the Cavs feel like he was the most talented player of the guys that, that they felt were truly available. Um, and I think they feel like he is the best fit. It's interesting because, Dave, if you look at some of the other options, you know, we talked about him. Eric Gordon, Terrence Ross, Buddy Heald, Dante DiVincenzo, Derek White. So each one of those you could look at and say, 
Like, I don't know if they have this, right? When it comes to Eric Gordon, I don't know if he has the playmaking. Um, when it comes to Karis LeVert, he's got the scoring ability that they desperately need, that they lost when Colin Sexton went down, and he's got enough playmaking ability. He's not Ricky Rubio. He's not going to be Ricky Rubio. He's not the kind of playmaker that Rubio is. He doesn't run an offense like him, but he can make plays. He can get other guys involved, and he can handle the ball, and he can take responsibility from the offensive standpoint away from Darius Garland. And those were two things that the Cavs were desperate for going into the trade deadline. Yeah, the other thing is, is he's a willing defensive guy, too. His, his defense is, is actually, I mean, he's not a lockdown defender by any stretch, but he is a willing defensive guy. The other thing that, that um, you know, we talked about is the Cavs were worried about the fit. Well, listen to what uh, Rick Carlisle had to say yesterday about Karis LeVert's um, moments after they finalized this trade. Again, this is a Pacers head coach on the new Cav, Karis LeVert. Harris has been a tremendous young man to work with here, you know, over the past several months for me. Um, he's a very special person. Obviously, he's a very special player. Um, that was in evidence uh, in the Chicago game where he goes for 42 and a bunch of assists and uh, just played a tremendous overall game. We have a very unique situation with our franchise. Um, an agreement between our front office and our players that if a deal like this gets close, that they will talk to the player and let him know so he doesn't see it on social media or something like that. And uh, so Chad and I had that conversation with Karis really about 17 or 18 minutes ago. Um, and he was appreciative. Um, he's first class human being, first-class professional, um, tremendous player, and a guy that, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss working with every day. And, and again, Chris, coach isn't going to say anything bad about a guy leaving, but he doesn't have to be as effusive about what a great guy um, he is as Rick Carlisle was. And that just goes to show, I think he'll fit in seamlessly. Uh, if, if everything Carlisle said is true, we've got no reason to doubt him. There's going to be a pretty good fit there. That's the thing, Dave. The Cavs were really cognizant of two different things. They didn't want to break up um, the rotation that they feel very, very good about when it comes to 7, 8, 9. And they didn't want to um, upset the chemistry that they've built because the Cavs recognize a big reason why they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Yes, it's improvements that they made with the roster. Yes, it's internal growth of some of their young guys. But a big part of it is that they really like playing together. Everybody understands their role. They bought into their role. And the chemistry of this team is as good as it has been since the championship years with LeBron James. Um, so the Cavs didn't want to upset that. And, and getting somebody like Karras who – I think would be willing to start or come off the bench, somebody who will understand his role. He won't try and hijack possessions or take control of this offense that is Darius Garland's offense. I think all those things definitely matter. And the biggest thing that I've heard from people that I talked to about Karras over the last 24 hours, he just wants to win. He's played nine postseason games in his entire NBA career. It's been a seven year career. So he is itching to get back to the postseason. It wasn't going to happen in now it's going to happen in Cleveland, his home. Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing, let's take a look at this tweet. Uh, this is from the Fast Break podcast. Uh, and, and we're going to give a little props to Kobe Altman. So drafts Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro. And then he turns Larry Nance Jr., Dante Exum, two first rounds, three second rounds into Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and Lowry Markinen. Um, you and I talked last year a couple of times when the team wasn't going well, Chris, and I couldn't question taking Okoro. I couldn't question taking Sexton because they were really good players. They just didn't seem to fit. Well, Evan Mobley and Lowry Markinen, and they figured out how to fit. So the bottom line is he went out and got guys that he knew could play, and then we'll figure out how to fit them together. And it looks like they're starting to do that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, but I, I think the thing that people have to understand in the first three years of the rebuild, Dave, it didn't matter how they fit. 
because they weren't chasing wins. They weren't hunting wins. They're trying to figure out what worked, what didn't work. And there was a lot of experimenting going on. And the Cavs were in a position where it was about talent acquisition. And if they fit, they fit. If they didn't, then they tried to go a different direction. But the thing about all this stuff that, that Kobe has been willing to ignore, you know, it's very easy in a rebuild to get emotional and to get distraught over a win-loss record. 19 wins, it's not working. 19 wins again, it's not working. 22 wins, it's not working. But Kobe understood from the very beginning that the Cavs weren't ready for that level of judgment. It wasn't solely about a win-loss record. It was about the process. It was about the individual moves and judging those independent of a win-loss record. And he always was able to ignore the noise. He was always able to, to act rationally and he, he continued to believe in this particular plan. People said he couldn't draft Darius Garland after having Colin Sexton. Guess what? He did, and it's worked out. Darius is an all-star. People said he couldn't have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley play together. Why give Jared Allen $100 million if you're going to draft Mobley? And on and on and on. And he always believed that this team was on the right track because of the individual moves that he made it was kind of like chess right not the move that you make it's the moves that lead to the next move and the next move and the next move and, and i always called kobe altman the chess master because of that and there was always a plan in place he's true to it he built this thing organically and the Cavs are getting rewarded for it yeah, and you know what? Good for him. Yeah, no. Good that uh, he was able to to do and, and maintain that focus. All right, so the question is, do you think they'll do anything else ahead of uh, Thursday's trade deadline? If they don't have a ton of assets, they don't have a lot of room on this team to add another rotation player, but this is an aggressive front office, and Everything that I'm told is that with three days before the trade deadline, they're going to continue to explore and see if they can improve around the margins. The sense that I get is if they could upgrade the backup center spot, that's something they would consider. If they could upgrade the wing spot over a combination of Jetty Osman and Dean Wade, that's something they would consider. If they could find a better ball handler distributor than Rajdan Rondo, somebody who's been um, up and down since getting here from Los Angeles. That's something they would consider. But the biggest move has already been made. They're not going to do a move that's bigger than getting Karis LeVert because they don't really have the pieces to do that, at least the pieces that they're willing to give up. Um, I think they would be in the right deal, Dave, willing to part with a future first-round pick. Um but that would have to be for the right player. And keep in mind, J.B. Bickerstaff only plays like eight, nine, ten guys. In the playoffs, it's probably going to be eight, nine. You know, they're pretty set with the top seven, maybe even the top eight. So, you know, if they could find somebody that could be a slight upgrade over Jetty Osman, Dean Wade, then then so be it. Um, it's just going to be a smaller move. It's not going to be a bigger one, I don't think. Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for the Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com, and I are going to step aside, uh, take one more time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason, uh, a viewer comparing this team to another Cavs team. Sports for CLE, be right back. Stay with us. We're talking Cavs. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Cavs with Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. Time for us to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason, this one about this year's team. Hi, I'm a first-time caller, I'm big Cleveland fan over the years. Just starting to watch you guys about six months ago to really enjoy the show. Here's my question in regards to the Cavaliers, who are really looking good. Is it uh, fair to compare this Cavs team with the Cavs teams of the 80s and 90s, 
where you had uh, Mark Price, Craig Elo, Hot Rod Williams, Nance, and Doherty. I mean, Garland, Okoro, Markinen, Mobley, Allen. If you match those guys up with the uh, the older team, boy, it sounds like the same team on paper. Just would like to hear your thoughts and uh, be watching the show soon. No Michael Jordan now either. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. No Michael Jordan, yeah. Um uh, Chris, I covered that team, and um, you know what? It's absolutely fair. The thing I'll say about this year's team, they're younger. Um, remember, a lot of those guys went to four years, you know, Price went to four years of college, Doherty went to two or three. Um, these guys are babies. You know, they're, they're two, three years younger. Um, and the thing that was, people loved that team. They were just really good guys that ran into some nasty guys from uh, Detroit that played the, the game a little differently. The Knicks as well. It was a different NBA back then. Um, a lot of fans that followed that Cavs team wanted the Cavs to be a little nastier. But, yeah, I think it's a fair comparison. I, you know, when I heard that, I'm like, I see the pieces there. Yeah, I certainly understand where he's coming from. And the other thing that stands out is just the joy that this group plays with and the joy that that team played with as well. These guys like playing with each other. You could see it with Jetty Osman and Kevin Love in the fourth quarter against Indiana yesterday. You could see it when Darius is throwing lobs to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. You can see it on the bench. Dave, this team stands for almost the entire game on the bench, no matter the score, no matter how close it is. In fact, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, during this recent road trip in Houston, they got yelled at by Houston security for standing up too long and blocking the view of some of the spectators sitting courtside because they were just supporting their team and they were encouraging their team, whether they're playing or not, it doesn't matter. So you can see that joy, just like you saw that joy from those other teams. And the thing that I always say, Dave, about comparisons, like I get it. Some people don't like when you go lofty with it, right? Sometimes people don't like when I say, Evan Mobley is a cross between Kevin Garnett and Chris Bosch. But the truth is, these Cavs and Mobley specifically, they force you to go to some of these places with these comparisons, right? Because of the way that they play and because of the success that they have, it doesn't seem as outlandish. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and a guy that knows a little bit about high-level basketball in the NBA, uh, Rajan Rondo, um, the guy that they acquired. This is from uh, Serena Winters, who is the Bally uh, – sideline reporter now the new one uh rondo said this is a really good team and don't take this type of team for granted type of personnel the dna that we have the character in this locker room uh with coaching staff we got a chance to do something special and, and chris he knows that and and it's getting back to what you talked about um when you when you like playing with the guys you're playing with it gets you through some tight times that's what gets you through tight times <clears throat> and here's the other thing too, Dave, you know, before the Cavs acquired Karis LeVert, it was a good basketball team that was winning a lot of games and they looked like one of the better teams in the Eastern conference, but we all know the regular season and postseason completely different. So beyond that, it was also a flawed basketball team that didn't have enough shot creation, didn't have enough offense, didn't have enough scoring, didn't have enough playmaking. So I thought it was a little bit too soon to start talking about whether the Cavs could actually be a threat in a seven-game postseason series because they were that flawed team. Now with Karras, I think it's okay to raise expectations. I think it's okay to believe that, yes, the Cavs are headed to the postseason for the first time without LeBron since 1998, and they have an opportunity to make some noise once they actually get there because Karras fills a void that, that would have been, I think, their Achilles heel once they got to the postseason. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> before I let you go, um, people are na nationally are reporting that the, the Cavs would like to get an extension done um, in the offseason with Karras. They want him as a building piece uh, long-term. What are you hearing uh, along those lines? It's very similar, I think, to the whole Jared Allen conversation. When the Cavs traded what they gave um, or get for Allen, like they didn't give up first-round pick in order to let him walk in free agency, right? To not 
um, give him a $100 million contract or whatever the case was going to be. It's the same thing with Karras. They gave up a first round pick in multiple seconds. So this is a guy who, because of his age, because of his skill set, um, because he fits in the, the contention window of the Cavs, that yes, if this works over the next two months and he shows himself to be a very, very good fit, then yeah, I could absolutely see them going down the road of his agent is the same one that did represent Colin Sexton before Colin Sexton um, fired that agent and, and switched to Clutch Sports. So that'll be interesting. All right. Uh, Chris Fedor, Cavs beat reporter for the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com, as always. Appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Chris. You got it, Dave. All right, Chris Fedor, make sure you read them. Pages of the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Schedule guest Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com and Brad Ward from BrownsWire.com. That's tomorrow at 4 here on Sports for CLE. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody.